0: Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Thank you for joining us at the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene through our weekly sermon podcast. Download more sermons or learn about the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene at our website, capenazarene.org. Here's this week's message.
1: I'll read for you today from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. This is a familiar story. When they had come near Jerusalem, had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. And this took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, Your king is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. When I, uh, I, I have a few things when I'm watching a movie or I'm watching a show, and if something happens, I just say to myself, That's just so unrealistic. And I'll watch it, and what happens is oftentimes when I'm watching a show, and there is a big build-up to, like, the final scene when they have to beat the bad guy or they have to overcome the situation. You know, at that moment when uh, the, the heroes have been planning, have been working it out, and they're like, okay... We're going to do this, and then they look to the leader, or they look to the person with the plan, and they say, and what are you going to do, or how are we going to know when it's time to enact the plan, and the leader says something like, don't worry, you'll know, <laughs> or uh, just follow along, or trust me, I've got this. Whenever I see that, and there's always some big thing that if it goes wrong, it's terrible, like it's a bank heist, or, or they're, they're, they're defeating a military establishment, or, or breaking into a supervillain lair, or, or even if it's like a kid's show, they're, they're beating the aliens that the adults don't know exist in their community, or whatever the case is, they're, 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 there's this big, massive problem, and at the end of it, after all the planning, they just say, trust me, <laughs> and I'm like, what, no one does that. No one would ever do that. But like the plan, you don't want anything to go wrong. You don't, want, you don't want someone to say oh, yep, that must be the signal. Like you want everyone on the same page. No one does that. But I recognize, as unrealistic as that is, it works in movies because they don't want to tell you what's coming next. <laughs> they want to surprise you by the big boom or whatever it is that's gonna happen. It creates excitement, this, this, this understanding that something new is on the horizon. And so I had that in mind when I was looking at this story today, because it's always blown my mind that Jesus says to the disciples, hey, I'm getting ready to go into Jerusalem, I need mean, to go to this guy, he's got a donkey or a colt, and you're going to bring that here, and I'm going to ride that in. They're like, okay, we're going to go do that. But hold on a minute. Somebody owns that, and they don't know me from Adam, and so how are they going to like let me do, let me do this? And he says, oh, just tell them the Lord needs it. And they okay all right, let's try that then. <laughs> and so, so they go over there and they do that. But it, it is that literary element that makes us go, there's something more happening here. There's something that's going to happen I have yet to expect. Without a doubt, uh, Matthew and the others are showing us when Jesus says this, he, he wants us to say, okay, what is he about to reveal? There's something that we're just gonna have to wait and see on and I'll come back to what that is a little bit later. But the other thing happening though is that Jesus is making them well aware of a truth that we all know and that we've all experienced. God doesn't reveal the entirety of what is gonna happen in our lives when he calls us to faithfulness. He does not lay out for us the entire plan Or what is going to happen? When we become followers of Jesus, it doesn't mean we get to know what the rest of our life looks like. Sometimes we're delightfully surprised. Oh, I didn't know God had this in store for me. This is great. Moving to Maine, getting to pastor this community. This is great. These are great surprises that God kind of put in my lap. Uh, As Brendan still likes to joke, when I was interim here, like, you know, I didn't know I was going to be pastor, but I feel like a few of you did. And so, (laughs) and so like this is, you know, sometimes we're just delightfully surprised. Sometimes, of course, life tragically surprises us, throws us a curveball. And we're like, God, wait, What? I didn't know this was on the docket. I didn't know this was what was in store. The scriptures do say that the Lord will be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. But if you've ever got caught hiking when the sun's gone down, that little light you have doesn't always extend the whole dis- doesn't ever extend the whole distance of the trail. At best, usually it's just a few feet in front of you steps that have to be taken in faith that when we move forward, there's still going to be a few more feet of trail ahead of us. And so, and a lot of times that is a little bit what faith is like as well, that the Lord just revealed to us day by day or in that moment. This is where you're going to be faithful today. This is what I have in store for you today. So sometimes this is indeed our prayer. Lord, what do you need today? Lord, what is the command for now? And so Jesus says to the disciples, just say the Lord needs them, and that's all you know for now. And that's sometimes how it is. Uh, that I just shared with a good number of you uh, kind of a church, a little bit of a church recap, and sometimes we go into a new year like, okay, what's the next thing that's gonna happen? What's the next big thing? But sometimes God amazes us by saying, let's just look at how we're gonna be faithful over the next few months or the next few weeks Sometimes in doing that, we can still be surprised that God will indeed be with us and lead us week after week, day after day, that he shines that light before us just to be faithful to his call again and again. So Jesus comes and he, he, he comes riding uh, the animals that indeed have been brought to him, that, uh, that, that, that saying, the Lord needs them, worked, that God was right. Yeah, just be faithful in that moment. And uh, we'll see what God will do. And, uh, and Matthew shares with us that what happens next is indeed a part of a prophecy, a part of a promise that God had shared with the prophets, that their king is coming, and he's coming as humble as can be. steed that is not what you would expect. It's like, um, it would be like royalty coming in a beat-up junker, that, uh, has, that is in desperate need to get like the rust holes patched up. He is, he is, this is not what you would have expected. And they are shouting to him, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna is a word that means save us, but it's, it's, it's as a word of praise, not like a plea, please, please, but almost like, like, yes, my Savior's here, come save us. It's like a scared child running to a parent or a besieged city welcoming a liberating army or a hostage who sees law enforcement for the first time it save us it, it, it's that brief glimmer of hope That what was wrong is now going to be set right. It's that that joy, that salvation is at hand. Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, into the capital, and they believe their salvation is at hand. This phrase, Hosanna, is this way of, yes, save us. The king is finally here. He is the son of David, uh, the one who was uh, the ideal king in their whole lineage. He is the Messiah, the promised one, the one who's going to defeat all the powers around them, and they are excited. And they are blessed to be in His presence. They are singing. Indeed, blessed is this one who comes in the name of the Lord. And Matthew tells us that when they are singing these hosannas, that we have then incorporated into our worship as well, uh, with uh, the same words, with the, with the palm branches as well. That uh, He comes, and the way that this translation says it, He says, when He entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil. Literally, it's the whole city is shaken. And so our translators kind of translate this as a like shaking in their boots kind of thing. They're in turmoil. They they're, they're realize something's going on, but literally it's just the city is shaken. The word for that is the same word that uh, we borrow from the Greek to come up with what is a seismograph or a seismometer something that measures earthquakes. It's the same word that shows up in other places in the Gospel of Matthew when Matthew warns about what the last days will be like or when Jesus is crucified and the earth shakes. It's the same word. It's this metaphor of saying, recognizing that when he comes in, the city is different. Things have changed. That there is power here in this Jesus Christ who comes as Lord. The power... Uh, that uh, is exhibited is one that kind of shakes them to their core. This city is recognizing that everything changes if this guy is the Messiah, if indeed he comes and defeats everything around us. And this story should shake us a little bit as well. This story doesn't end the way that we would think. The power we would like to see isn't displayed the way that we would expect. If this story was written like a good action movie, well, he would have come in with his army and his disciples somehow would have beaten back those Romans and defeated everything and everything would have been great. But there's something more to see here. The power that is exhibited is is not a power that comes with the force and the power of this world. But it is a power nonetheless that grants freedom and liberation from the evil and the sin that inhabits this world. That we find indeed that the one who today is lifted up in praise will be lifted up on the cross and that on the cross, as we sang, the ransom is paid. That is, that is a way of saying we are released from the power of sin and evil. The defeat of the powers uh, will not be the defeat of the rulers of the world, but the power of sin and the evil one. And so this passage is a passage that reminds us that as we proclaim Jesus as Lord in our life, that there is a promise For us, that the one who enters into our life as Lord and Savior is the one who comes to defeat the power of sin and death in our life. And that is an important truth to remember for us. That when we believe in Jesus Christ... That we are receiving God's forgiveness, but with the reception of God's forgiveness in our life, we are also receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that will empower us and enable us to live a life fully redeemed and fully committed in love to our Lord. That we don't have to live enslaved to the old patterns, the old behaviors. That we don't have to live enslaved to, oh, well, this is just how I am. But recognize God can change. God can do something meaningful, different in my life. And I can be freed from that. This is the victory that Jesus offers. We are getting ready to pray to Pentecost to pray that the Holy Spirit would indeed do something uh, amazing in our life. I told you there's a little booklet to, to guide through every day, a, a, a prayer from Easter to Pentecost, and you're invited to take part in that. In Jeremiah uh, chapter 31, verse 33, it says this. I was going to share this earlier, but it absolutely relates now. Jeremiah 31, 33 says this. It, it was a prophecy uh, given to the people. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And after those days, says the Lord... I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Pentecost traditionally in the Jewish faith was uh, after the Passover. This is where they came to celebrate the the giving over of the law of Moses. The giving over of the law that told us how we could be redeemed or restored into relationship with God. But part of the promise, not only in that prophet Jeremiah, but echoed in the Psalms, this idea that the the law will be written into our hearts, that it won't just be uh, about how how well we can uh, uh, meet, meet the checklist that's in the scriptures, but how much we find ourselves absolutely in love with God and saying, God, I want this life to be lived, not just for me, but for you, that we find that this is the promise that Jesus offers to us and part of entering into a pattern of praying every day for God's Holy Spirit to act and move in our life is to ask that God would change and shape our character to be exactly who God wants us to be. When Jesus enters as the Lord to Jerusalem, and he says things like, just uh, say the Lord needs them. Perhaps in our lives sometimes all we need to know is just say every day, Lord, I need you and I offer myself to you, whatever you need is offered to you. And to be surprised indeed by how putting God first in that way, his spirit works in powerful ways that surprise us, that appear in, a, that appear in ways that we can't even begin to imagine, as the early church could not imagine what Pentecost was going to be for them after the resurrection. Perhaps we can cry out to the Lord this Palm Sunday. What do you need from me? There's, even if there's only a few feet ahead on the trail, only a few feet ahead that we see that God is illuminated for us. Lord, what do you need? And what might I, like the people on this day, need to lay down before you? As we get ready to uh, receive uh, communion uh, in a moment, you were given uh, palm branches when you came in, at least I hope so. I think I saw everyone have those. We got a chance to wave them in worship if you wanted to. Keep them next to you if you wanted to. As we come up for communion, I would ask you to do one of two things. Either hold on to that branch remember this is a sign that uh, I am to keep Jesus first. He is Lord of my life and I'll take this home with me as a sign that uh, He has continued to be first and Lord in my life. And that's great and you can do that. Or... I would encourage you to bring it forward to this table and lay this down as a symbolic way of saying, Lord, I lay before you today whatever I need to lay. Ensure trust and hope that you care, that you will work, and that your spirit will help me to be faithful and where you've called me and where you are leading me. Would you do that today? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this day. This day where we are just celebrating who you are and what you've done. Lord, I thank you personally for where I know you led me in my life. That I can remember even as a child that uh, I was uh, someone who was becoming very bitter and angry with the world around me. And you changed that. Thank you for that. Lord, I've seen uh, you work Miracles in the lives of people rescued them from addictions to sin, rescued them from their enslavement to behaviors that were absolutely destructive. And I thank you and praise you for that. And Heavenly Father, I thank you that you come and you allow us to welcome you. You don't come forcefully. You don't come uh, 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 demanding a certain activity. You come where you are welcomed And when we say, Lord, please come into my life. Please direct my path. And so thank you, Heavenly Father, for this passage of Scripture that reminds us that we too can lay down our lives before you. Create a path in which we invite you to be the Lord of our life, to be our Savior for your Holy Spirit to come in, to sanctify us, to change us, to make us more and more each day like you. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us this week in this journey, that we would be reminded of what you have done for us, for our salvation, for our freedom, when we come together this Friday for worship. I pray, Heavenly Father, you'd be with us when we are celebrating this coming Sunday with, with fellow believers in this community and with and together as the family of God here and Lord as we enter into a time of prayer together I pray indeed that your Holy Spirit would do something new in each and every one of us drawing us closer and closer to you thank you again for your love and your direction in our life help us to be faithful to whatever, the, the, to whatever you command even if the full picture is not before us let us trust that you are
0: the one who is guiding and directing amen may the god of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our lord jesus that great shepherd of the sheep equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through jesus christ to whom be glory forever and ever We hope this sermon has encouraged you with the Gospel of Jesus. More sermons are available online at our website, capenazarene.org. May God richly bless you as you serve Him today.